saved message. Hi, this is Bruce Williamson. I want to register my son for the soccer program. <laughs> Kel, Kel Driven. I want to talk about the podcast. Um, so if you need to call back when you can, um, you should be available for the next like, hour or so. I'm going to go get the gym. Also a bit disappointed you didn't pick up the phone. All right, talk to you soon. End of message. Survivor Podcast in Canada. We're so excited to bring you Season 45, the premiere, a recap of the entire episode, our thoughts and feelings. My name is Luke. I'm joined by Kel Sherman. Kel, how's it going? Hello, hello. I am doing pretty good. It's good to be back. We had a few months off of our uh, Survivor at Home podcasting, but uh, it's good to come back for, I guess, our second season. Uh, Yeah. Happy to be back. Yeah, our second season, and we're mixed up a little bit here. Last season, uh, Alex and I hosted together, co-hosted, and Kel co-hosted with Lynette. And now uh, we mix things up a little bit this season. We're doing some mixing, some matching, um, and we have a new co-host this year. We're bringing back an OG host as well. Uh, You'll find out more about them in the coming weeks. But yes, today you are stuck with myself and Kel. And it's going to be great. So, Cal, how was your summer? How was your time away from Survivor? Uh, my time, my way, uh, my time away from Survivor has been pretty good. Uh, I've been uh, checking out some non-reality TV. I uh, no. watched. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've watched uh, uh, White Lotus season one and two. I watched The Last oh. of Us, and I'm currently watching uh, Yellow Jackets. So, what's Yellow Jackets? Uh, Yellow Jackets is about uh, high, a, a team of a uh, high school team of soccer players crashing in the mountains of Colorado, and uh, I guess they're just doing what they can do to survive. Okay, <laughs> so it's and it's like, a survivor and like it's they're eating each other kind of thing. Uh, yeah, there's there's a there's a bit of cannibalism. There is, I knew it. I knew it. It's yeah. right up your alley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, and I have not watched Big Brother. It's that's on my list. Uh, but I'm also going through the Challenge USA. Uh, highly recommend. It's it's a really fun one. But yeah, other than that, yeah, just uh, just uh, taking it easy. But did you did you participate in any Survivor type activities? That's that's kind of your thing. Uh, no, I did not participate in any Survivor type activities. Not even uh, like there... live, like in person, like in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, I knew there were some offers on the table for me, but as you know, I know we are Canada's best and potentially only survivor podcast, but unfortunately, not all of us live in the GTA. So the reality is that there are Canadians that live away from Toronto. And so I actually live in Winnipeg, which is, you know, it was initially a cheap flight. It was, I think, uh, it was about seventy to ninety dollars. Oh, that's good. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really good. But uh, I wasn't sure I could get the time off, so I didn't book the ticket. Uh, then I was able to get the time off, and by that point, oh, I forget the ticket prices, but it went up to like four hundred dollars. Oh, and my so, goodness. yeah, it was just 
it just was not at that point something that that I could do. So yeah, I guess we're talking about the Survivor at Home live event for those who are not aware. Andrew Ironside, our uh, our godfather of Survivor at Home, <laughs> uh, ran a live summer event in I think it was the August long, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so yeah. So for the, for those of you who weren't there, aka Kel, um, we we a bunch of people got together and and we did a live in person Survivor event, which was awesome in the middle of Toronto. Well kind of Toronto, Etobicoke. Uh, I'm from Cambridge, so, and Kel's from Winnipeg. And the beauty, I think, of Survivor at home, and I think one of the coolest parts about it is that, you know, we don't live that close to each other, but, you know, Kel and I, and Kel and I have competed against each other. Some, we've been allied a couple of times, but we, we really, like, developed a friendship just through this community, which is an awesome part of that. Uh, so, yeah, we did this, uh, the live event. That was incredible to have everybody uh, gathered together. We were missing Kel and a couple other people. But um, if you are interested in Survivor at Home events or anything like that, you can find us on Instagram and you can uh, you can check out Survivor at Home. Is it SurvivorAtHome.com? SurvivorAtHome.com. And I believe it's on Instagram, Survivor underscore at underscore home. I believe. Nice. I'm like We nailed it. <laughs> yeah we also have i mean nothing beats an underscore right an x account right an x twitter account. old twitter oh right 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 twitter i don't but know if anyone's running twitter anymore yeah yeah i think uh twitter's on its way out or, or x whatever we want to call it yeah i was super sad to miss the live event the fomo is real i so we have our discord so our community you know we have our own discord and uh we chat in there quite regularly and so I was very, I don't know, scared, but to see the results. So I think Ryan Bradshaw posted a picture and I, it took me a while to actually work up the nerve to look to see who was in the final three. But when I finally did, like, I feel pretty plugged into the survivor at home community. You didn't when recognize I them. The, I was like, who are these people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a couple of newbies play this this uh, at that event, and uh, and they finished in the final three. And I won't give away who won, but word is that she had an inside track and maybe some inside knowledge. But for those of you who are listening, if I know that you're all Survivor fans or you're on the brink of Survivor fandom, and if this is something that you're interested in, give us a give us a look up. And I mean, it's a great community, and it's a great thing to be a part of, but. Ultimately, it is really based around the game of Survivor, which is why we are here today, season 45. Yes. And if you go to the website, we all have our own bios and cast videos that you can go watch and judge. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it'd be a fun way to maybe get to know us if anyone wants to. Yeah, like, yeah that's uh, true. Take a dive on good. the website. Mm -hmm. yeah. So speaking of getting to know contestants, why don't, hey, Cal, why don't we just dive right in here? I know, actually, we both did some preseason scouting of the of the contestants in, in seasons uh 45 of survivor uh what were your first takes on some of the people before even you saw them on the island uh did you get any feeling about any of the contestants at all yeah so um i did watch i think uh the entertainment uh weekly nightly whatever that website is they had sort of like a, a four minute long video of each castaway just answering a question and that was a really good way to just put the face to the name, but for actual mm -hmm. content, it actually, it wasn't so good. It was like mm -hmm. my life experience, 
brought me to this place and I think it's going to take me far in this game. <laughs> and, you know, it was like very like shallow, like nothing answers. Um, but I did listen to the uh, Rob has a podcast uh, three hour. Uh, there's three three hour interviews of with each tribe. And so I did listen to all of those, which was, you know, it was a really great way to get to know all of the castaways. And just going through that, um, I was like, man, I feel so connected to each of these people. I don't want any of them to go at this point. <laughs> um, but I did go back and listen to uh, the person who's voted off's interview today. And so there's just some fun tidbits over that. But uh, but yeah, it's, I think it's a off. really fun cast. Well, well, Not yeah, voted off. What, was it a vote off? Was it a quit? Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get into it. But yeah, it was just really fun to go through the cast and just uh, get to know them a bit more deeper before the before the uh, season started. But but yeah, how about you? What kind of uh, pre preseason uh, digesting did you do? Um, yeah, I did the same. Actually, I did the exact same thing, except the Rob has a podcast. I didn't listen to that. Um, those interviews, but I did get what I thought was a good feeling on each of the, the contestants. Um, but I think I was proven wrong, at least from the first episode. Um, I'll just say there was one guy in particular who really rubbed me the wrong way before the season. I did not think that I thought he was going to be playing too hard. I thought he was going to be too outgoing and a little bit annoying and that people were going to vote him off. Um, it was our Canadian, Caleb. No, no. So I thought I thought Caleb was going to be terrible. But this episode, I I think I was proven wrong. What did you think? Did you get good vibes or bad vibes off Caleb? Like, how did well, you feel? So uh, I did listen to the Rob as a podcast stuff. And Caleb has been a bit, pretty big person in the preseason. A lot of the other castaways took note to how big of personality he has. And sort of before the show starts, they're not allowed to talk with each other, but you know they're picking up each other, each other's mannerisms, what they're doing, how they're interacting with the staff. Um, and you're just like smaller stuff like that. And so a few of them have spoke on Caleb, and some were good, some were not so good. But yeah, I think Caleb did have a really good showing today. Um, I had sort of the reverse experience that you had actually. Um, mm -hmm. I really liked Emily. In the preseason, she had a really great, strong episode. Sorry, interview with Mike Bloom. And the more yeah. she was speaking, I was like, I love this girl. You know, mm -hmm. she's she's into long-term stocks and just sort of mm -hmm. like holding and sort of just, you know, not really having, um, not making emotional moves with your stocks. If, you know, they're going low, you're sort of playing the long game. And I just really love what she had to say. And I feel like she didn't really deliver on what, I thought she would be like in the season um, so far. And so mm. I, I guess I'll keep an eye on that. But yeah, I I think I'm a lot lower on Emily <laughs> going into the season. Um, yeah. But we'll see. It's funny, right? I feel like the first episode always brings out something inside of everybody that maybe they didn't know was there. And we saw that a few times in the marooning. I mean, you've got Brandon, who's who who feels really emotional right off the bat. Um, Caleb, like I mentioned, he seemed to like tone it down, at least from what I saw in preseason to him on the boat with other people. He seemed a little bit, I don't know, more approachable maybe and a little less out there. There were a few other people as well who I thought, I mean, even we can look back through time, right? Like Bruce two seasons ago, 
that first episode, you know, your adrenaline is pumping, you are ready to go, you're all hyped up, and then you make decisions or you become somebody or part of your character or personality comes out that you don't expect. And then it's that's the game. Like everything just flows from there. We saw that actually em so Emily, right, right off the bat, the marooning, she and Bruce get into a little bit of a uh a back and forth. Yeah. Uh so one thing that you know, if I were to ever play, play the game, I think the mat chat, like right off the like right off the bat, like you very wanna you wanna be careful like what you say at this point because you're kind of like oh, yeah. setting the tone to how people perceive you. And so for you know, for Emily to go so hard at Bruce over something that's so insignificant, you know, I just feel like <laughs> it po like, like it points just not the most flattering light on mm. her, you know. And it's like, okay, who cares that Bruce played for half a day a season ago? You know, like I don't know what that advantage necessarily would bring, but to just really drag him through the mud, you know, I just oh, I don't yeah. think that would be the best move on you know day one of Survivor. <laughs> I wonder if so. she thought about it over and over again before get actually getting onto that onto that boat and thinking what would I it almost like she she came in with a game plan and then it just let loose um do do you I had some feelings about I do actually think Bruce has an advantage a little bit so I don't know if he really worded it or even if Emily really nailed it, but sometimes I th think when you get all geared up for something first time out and then it fails, that dry run gives you a sense of confidence going into it again, knowing that you have a second chance. And maybe that this time around, you maybe don't, not that you don't care as much, but maybe you're not as, nervous or amped up or whatever it is i felt i i think if i put myself in that situation i can see bruce potentially or myself potentially having a little bit of like a mental advantage there so i think she was on to something does that make sense yeah so what she said emily she's like you know i want to push back a bit push back. Some of the, yeah, oh yeah push back on bruce a bit <laughs> some of the advantages like he's recognizable you know which is true like they all recognize bruce from last season so mm. it's not you know 18 strangers necessarily right you have one guy who's who's recognizable so you know there's that and one thing in the preseason and emily doesn't know this but a lot of people do have some a, a lot of like warm feelings towards bruce and you know that does put him you know give him the edge in forming bonds over everyone else but emily doesn't necessarily know that um and then she says that he's more mentally prepared. So in the exit interview, um, Hannah, who goes home, uh, says that it did go on longer, the exchange between exchange between Emily and Bruce. But, mm -hmm. you know, the argument that she says, you know, he's recognizable and he's more mentally prepared. Okay, like, Emily, is that really worth it to throw, I guess, the people's perception of you out the window? You know, just throwing Bruce under the bus? Okay, so he's recognizable and he's slightly more mentally prepared. On day two, no one's going to care. <laughs> you know yeah. it's like like who cares that yeah. Bruce is a bit more mentally prepared at that point you know but throwing shade on somebody's never a, well i can't say that it's it's throwing shade on somebody can help i don't know if the way that she did it was the best way but i don't know how yeah. else you would present that's a good good way to present it to everybody at once but she is entertaining i'll give her that she is every time she you know, talks 
yeah, something Emily, happens. Emily reminds me of, I don't know if, if you went to, did you go to college or university? Yeah, I went to Brock University. I don't know where that is. Brock and Western. Okay, okay. Oh, Rochelle <laughs> went to Western, I think. Uh, well, I went to the University of Manitoba, so that's in Manitoba. Mm. Uh, but anyway, so... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she reminds me of those people that were in class who just could not help themselves and needed to say something at every point that the professor made. Yeah. You know, their hand goes up and they just have something to mm. say. They can't help themselves. That's sort of the impression that Emily gave me throughout the entire episode where it's yeah. like, Emily, it's okay. Like secrets are okay. You don't need to give your unfiltered opinion at every mm. point, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, and she, yeah I think she, she was cast. Yeah. She was cast for a reason. And I think that's mm -hmm. why she was cast, but like, Hey man, this you're like in a one in 18 chance to win a million dollars. How many times in life does this come up? You know, <laughs> just hold back a bit. It's hard. She did say it in tribal that she felt like she was a more extreme version of herself. Right. And that we've seen it with past players. She kind of reminds me a little bit of chaos cast a little bit, just like mannerisms, maybe throwing stuff at the wall, but she seemed to be throwing a lot of people under the bus, except Sean. Like, I think she, 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 I think she put everybody else on everyone else's radar in her tribe. She started talking about um, Caleb and Sabaya and how their alliance is too strong. She talked about Hannah being, I don't know if she actually talked about her directly, but she talked about Brandon being a super weak link in the tribe. She was throwing everybody under the bus that she could. It was like she wasn't tr even trying to make alliances. Yeah, there wasn't really a lot of strategy in terms of what her plan is going to be, you know, at the next tribal or in three tribals from now. I'd be pretty interested in hearing an explanation as to why she acted that way. And I guess she's saying she's an extreme version of herself in that moment. But I, I guess, you know, what they're saying, a big lesson from this episode is it's a lot easier, you know, from the comfort of your home, watching from your couch, mm -hmm. but to just see, you know, Lulu tribe. And I, I think, you know, don't, no one should be falling in love with people from Lulu. I think we're probably going to lose at least oh, three no. more. <laughs> no, we I, said I, that about Tika though too. Remember last season? They were not doing well. Well, this tribe, I think, is going to be a hot mess. And I, I, so we have, of course, our uh, Survivor <laughs> Home uh, fantasy draft. See, I think for the 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 scary thing is that they're going to be getting a lot of points, but someone from their oh, tribe yeah. is probably, I would say, in the next five episodes, at least three people from this tribe. They're probably going to go. You think so? so I they think are so. pretty terrible at challenges. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I don't, I, it's, I don't know. We'll see. I guess like Caleb and Sabaya are both, and you know what? Emily is decent at challenges. She, she was given it and she, she performed pretty well at the challenge, but I don't know. Tough to say yeah. how they're going to perform. I know we're really, well, really spending a lot of time on Emily here, but <laughs> from her perspective, it's like, okay, so you see this, from her perception, a really tight duo who are also, as she said, if Caleb was not there, they would not have done nearly as well in the challenge. Why would you not warm up to them? You know, right. why would you, and she suspects that they might have an advantage. Why would you want to put these people on your bad side? Right. Like where, like, where's the benefit here? You know, unless yeah. the other option is uh, that you want your tribe to lose and that you're hopefully going to be in a good position that you could, you know, be the Shannon Ricard and, you know, come out on top, but that's not even like, who's your Ricard? If she's the Shannon, who's your Ricard? So I just like, what, like, what is your plan? You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
I know. I mean, Emily will come up a few times, I'm sure. But let's zoom back to the marooning because we do see quite a few of the contestants and we get to know, we see snippets from each of them. And the 90 minute episode was awesome for this because I felt like we got to know a whole lot of the players more than usual, just even through like little snippets. Like I think even by the time Jeff spoke, I think I had written down, I think 10 to 12 names of characters that are characters, contestants that we had actually heard from. And last season, I, I think it was maybe a third of that. So that was cool being able to see some of them talk and getting their perspectives on the marooning, which is like one of the best parts of Survivor. Everybody's amped. Um, one of the other, aside from Emily and Bruce and their interaction, we see that they, they begin that first challenge for Flint and we see it's not Bruce this time, but somebody else falters in that first challenge and, and it's Brandon. He looks, if you <laughs> if you watch him paddling the boat, even as they're trying to get back to the original, the bigger ship or whatever, he is he's already struggling at that point. And then for whatever reason, he just can't make it up that ladder. And man, I I was yelling at the screen, but I was also I felt really bad for him. And that's a tough place to be. Yeah. So with my, like my perception of Brandon, uh, like his interview with, uh, with uh, RHAP, like he's so excited to be here. He's like, these are my family. Like we're going to be mm -hmm. best friends. We're going to get tattoos mm -hmm. together. And I think he's like really so putting the cart before the, he's so, so adorable. Right. It's he like, is. You know, he's like, this is correct. Like there's a lot of like, long lasting friendships that can come from actual survivor. I mean, look at our community, right? We're, yeah. we're just like a one day event here and there. And like, we're, we talk, a lot of us talk every day. So mm -hmm. I can't, you know, to actually be on, on the show, like these bonds last, last a lifetime, but you have to actually go through the experience and he's having this, you know, religious experience before the show has even begun. Um, and so when I was listening to his interview, I, so I, you did a rewatch of a lot of seasons over the summer, right? I did, yeah. yeah. So did you, so in Survivor... Um, I watched 30 to 36. Yes. Much. So in the season where Mike wins, we have Shireen yeah. and we have oh, uh, Max Dawson, who mm. they were just super fans, like kind of geeking out on the beach, just like, wow, like we're really experiencing this. And, you know, they're quoting like woo and, you know, all these other just super survivor nerdy. Mm -hmm. And I think it was kind of sad because it's like, okay, you know, forget quoting other survivors and kind of geeking out about what's going on. Like this is your experience. You need to make yeah. this experience yours and not kind of refer back to, you know, survivor past. And so that's mm -hmm. my big worry for Brandon is that, you know, he's, he's kind of having this like out of body experience going through the motions of just the pregame and survivor. And then when the game actually starts that he, you know, he starts crying, Jeff barely acknowledges his emotion. And he, mm -hmm. I don't even really catch what he said, watching it twice. I did not hear, you know, his response to Jeff in regards to the crying, but he just bawls and his tribe comes, comes at him. So he's already in this like hyper emotional state. And then he's thrown into this extremely grueling challenge. And I'm watching him and like, where is this guy's belt? Like he's not wearing a belt. You know, his pants are hanging low. They're soaking. So his ability for his legs to stretch, like it's not there. And, you know, not to shame anyone, but this guy isn't in the most, you know, 
is not in shape necessarily. So like all these things combined together, I think just was a recipe for disaster for Brandon specifically. Mm-hmm. Brandon, where the heck was your belt? <laughs> That's my question. <laughs> I thought about that um, with Sifu later in the episode when he was trying to climb up a wall and someone was pushing him and his, it looked like his butt was hanging out. But uh, I, I, I have similar feelings. I think you're bang on with the idea that this is your experience. You're a survivor now. You, you don't have to pretend or copy the other survivors who have been before you. I mean, you, you might be able to compare your game to some of the big ones. Like I, I always, I tell my, my one friend who's a big survivor fan that he, he always cheers for the car. One friend. You're one friend. I have one friend. I'm also, I'm also your friend. Okay. I have two friends, but I have one other friend. Um, (laughs) he, he loves the Cochrane type. And that's who he cheers for. And it seems like you can almost peg them. And if you ask them, who would you pattern your game after? They would, a lot of those super fans would say Cochrane, blah, blah, blah. But you are your own person. You, you make your own destiny and survivor in a lot of ways. And I think for myself, when I hear someone compare themselves to a previous survivor, I almost write them off in my brain and I don't cheer for them as much. But it was hard to see Brandon struggle. I don't know what was wrong with his hands, like not being able to grip the 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 wooden slats there or whatever to pull himself up. Sean ends up helping him out. Sean's actually a great swimmer. I think that might come into play later. He was diving like a like an angel off the off the boat there. Um, but we see Brandon struggle a bunch of times, right? Like even in the immunity challenge, he struggles. He falls off a, a wall. Jeff yells at him and says. Uh, he says, you want it, Survivor, buddy? You got it right here as Brandon's lying down on the ground. But to Brandon's credit, and this is both times, he got up. He kept going. I think I like I like that part about Brandon. He, he has picked himself up, and regardless of where he's been at emotionally or physically in the challenges or in the game itself, he continues to push forward. He does not give up, which we'll see as a contrast to another player. But how, how did you feel about that? Did you see that that same sort of character in him? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And the reality is that we're sort of the Brandon archetypes. Like we are the super fans. Like we probably would be cast in his position. And I don't know if I would do much better than than him. But but yeah, I I do really love the fact that he, yeah, that he did push forward, that he, that he is going and he did talk about, you know, his other, I guess, health issues going on in his body other than of course the, you know, the issues that with the challenges he also has, um, Oh, what is not congestion, but, um, yeah, acid reflux or acid reflux. Yeah. He yeah. needs some Pepto-Bismol, but, but, you know, he had a really rough first episode, but he made it through and in the preseason, there were a few people who referenced uh, Chris Dortry who, one survivor Vanuatu, which is I think season nine or yeah. something. It's super super early, but one thing from Chris's game is that if you go back and watch episode one, like he is a disaster in the yeah. challenge. There is a balance beam, and he cannot make it across to save his life. Mm-hmm. And so I remember watching that. I'm like, oh my god, this guy is going to be the first out, but he goes on to win the game. So it's hard to really you know write off anyone from having a terrible first episode. I wrote that um, down. I wrote that Brandon is primed for a huge development story. There's a bunch of, uh, who was the other? Is it Mike Wright? 
He was another, um, he David, was in those mid thirties, yeah. David, right. Thank you. Um, David, right. Yeah. Same. He, he was like afraid of everything, afraid of death, afraid of sand, afraid of the, the wind. Uh, and he had a huge development story. He didn't end up, wait, did he win? No, he didn't. That's uh, he was, Adam, Adam won that season. Oh, right, right, right. But he, he, had, he played a great game and he, he like, I think that's a huge part of it. You, the development that you experience that ends, ends up becoming your story later down the line. Right. So Brandon, I think is kind of primed for that, but. Yeah. But I think we also don't want to be on survivor to grow. Right. We want to kind of have the yes, million dollars make cool. Moves. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're going on survivor to sort of like, you know, discover who you are as a person, maybe try and go through therapy a bit first or, you know, kind of learn some of these lessons along the way so that when you're actually out there that you could, you know, be a, be a, a Parvi or a Tony Vlachos. Okay. But, but uh, what if you win the million dollars, but you don't make good moves? Would you be happy with your survivor experience? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, you know, screw the fandom, screw what the podcast. Say if I want survivor, like I don't, I don't care. You know, I'll be Natalie white. I'll be happy enough with my win and uh, just never be seen again. <laughs> so, <Wow>. uh, <laughs> no, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there is something to, you know, for those who win, who don't have the most glamorous games. Um, yeah, I think you just got to accept that you won this specific season and the, the jury voted for you. And whatever people say and exactly what, you know, Emily has been saying, sorry, Hannah has been saying in exit interviews. It's like you can't really give a lot of credence to what the audience says because they weren't there and they never made. They don't understand why people made the decisions they did. So, yeah, I think I would be happy with that. But uh, I think for me, that's secondary. I think the million dollars is great, but I think the acclaim that comes with winning would mean more to me, you know? Oh, I agree. I think the title of Soul Survivor, I think, would would be the most meaningful. The money would be great. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, going on podcasts and defending your game, but also just, like, not once they get yeah. listening to a lot <laughs> of what the haters say. And every Survivor winner has haters. So it's not, oh yeah, you know, you're not going to be universally loved. So yeah, for sure. That's just reality. And to go back to your friend, I don't think I would uh, agree with a lot of your one friends, your other friends. One friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't like Cochran. I don't like Ryan Ulrich. I don't like oh. even David Wright. I'm not the biggest David Wright fan. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, I like, you know, I like a uh, Tony, uh, you know, some did. of these like bigger, he's my favorite winner before he won twice even. So so you're a Sifu fan then because Sifu. Well, he, Sifu, let's do it I, right I, now. Not... Let's talk about Sifu. <laughs> okay. I mean, he's next on my list. Tai Chi master. Yeah. I thought he was coming in with a huge personality. He's not quite what I expected, but he I, he's strange to me i don't know i don't know how to peg him he's he's i i just don't know there's like no real category that i can put him in you know who sifu reminds me of in the survivor at home community oh let me think is does it start with a j no oh okay i was gonna say john no okay. <laughs> starts with an a and rhymes with malik's Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And here's why. So one thing about Sifu is that he went straight for looking for an advantage without really getting to know the people around him. And I'm sure he did. And so one thing that I see in Alex is that he, of course, just 
finds idol after idol after idol, sometimes at the cost of the social relations around him, which are equally, if not more important than advantages. So I'm going to push back on that, just like Emily would, because I did witness, I did witness this person, Alex, whoever this is. Uh, I witnessed him play in in person at the Survivor at Home live event. He did not find a lot of challenges. He did try really hard. I don't actually know how his social game went, but um, well, I, as that was his sixth season, I hope that he would have learned a lesson. <laughs> okay, edit all of this out. No, Andrew, no, no, because no, I no. need to be friends with Alex still. I only have two. <laughs> okay, um, so Sifu, I think no, I'm actually really excited to see how Sifu can bounce back. But when you know when he is looking for an idol on the beach and then gets busted by the girls, I you know I worry that that will hang around him if he's not if they if they don't take care of him soon. I think you know he'll be a target later on in the game for sure his size aside uh the fact that he was able or is looking for an idol so i i do worry about that yeah i mean that tribe is interesting right because you've got kendra uh kelly and katura who are all three together like right off the bat they've already made a final three pact right is that the yes. same that's the same tribe yeah, that yeah is, that's, right? that's the same tribe and you know what's very cool for me reba? is that reba yes i really like those three because no, it's All not the names. same tribe. It is the same. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, that is not Reba. You're right. Um, they, uh, Sifu it's is not, with... not uh, at Jane. all. You're right. Yeah, sorry. Bad podcasting. Yeah, uh, Sifu is with uh, the girls on his tribe, the women, sorry, are D, J, Maya, and Julie. So, yeah, so yeah those are the so. ones who busted them. Right. Yeah, uh, but in terms of Sifu, I'm very excited to see how he will bounce back for this from this. But, you know, it does... Uh, like have like put a target on his back and so we'll we'll see what happens but uh, uh yeah i'm a bit worried for Sifu. yeah a couple i mean there's a ton of us getting to know some of these players uh a lot of like little takes here and there the marooning happens what we didn't see actually what i heard later was that there was a pretty um pretty intense monsoon or storm that happened you can cut you can see it during one of the the times when the tribe the, uh, the lulu tribe they're all gathered together. They're talking about pyramids and um, they uh, they all look kind of wet. Like there was a big storm. And one of the things that I don't, I didn't see any of the tribes really doing well at was creating a shelter. And you might know more about this Cal than I do, but I heard that all of these survivor contestants go through a bit of like a workshop learning phase before going to the Island where they all learn kind of how to build a fire, how to build a shelter why did it seem like nobody knew how to do that hannah was sweeping the ground it just it seemed like nobody was prepared like what's up with that uh, yeah i think i think having no flint and no machete for two of the tribes really put them you know back a few days um just they needed to chop some of the uh the bamboo and chop some of the palm, palm fronds i don't know how you say that word so i think having no machete really you know, put the tribes back a bit, but outside of that, I, I can't say for sure. Um, but, but also, yeah, we, you know, it really takes a lot of um, knowledge on how to use some of these, just nothing but your hands and what you find outside to make an actual shelter. So it could just come down to the individual players on each tribe. And as we've seen, like they're having a lot of um, internal 
and external issues uh, that are really holding them back. So like if I were to be put on a beach, I don't think I would know exactly how, you know, how to build a shelter. But, uh, you know, I would certainly try. I don't know if sweeping the floor would be my first go to. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, the, the dirt. Uh. <laughs> they were trying. I mean, even uh, Hannah and Brandon, they were having a tough time. They were crying a lot. Hannah was talking about missing nicotine. And then Brandon kind of, it's cool that Brandon, I, I think this was very helpful for Brandon to have somebody else who was struggling. As soon as he came back to the tribe and connected with Hannah, she would, she was visibly struggling. She was like having some, you know, emotional reactions to just being out there and worrying about sleeping and all kinds of stuff. But I, th I think that really helped Brandon to have someone to comfort and for him to be able to kind of help, they just help somebody else work through that. Right. Um, and then there, they tells them, they, they start telling each other, we can do hard things. And then they chant it to each other. And then they're carrying one bamboo, like one piece of bamboo and they're carrying it to the camp and Brandon's chanting. We're doing, we're Hannah and I are doing a hard thing and they're moving to camp. I I'm sorry, but it just felt a little over the top. I don't know. It's the last time I've seen something like that, but yeah. And so, you know, the, the, when you're comparing and contrasting these two people, it's so fascinating because you have Brandon, who is this longtime fan of the show, who's, you know, he's, I think, yet 26 and has been watching for over half his life, it sounds like. Um, and then you have Hannah, who uh, she only started watching during the pandemic, but basically binged the whole series in two years. That's interesting. I didn't know that. So she's Yeah. And fan. so she's a there's a few recent fans on this cast, which I which I really like. That it's not just, you know, so a lot of long-term fans. But, you know, my overall point is that you have these two, two people who represent, you know, two parts of the fandom. And they're both equally not so prepared for, right. you know, the adventure. So it's hard to really say, you know, when I'm really thinking, I was really trying to reflect today on, you know, I don't want to insult Hannah's character. But, like, what causes a person to, to quit Survivor within the first three days? You know, she did talk about a nicotine addiction and her uh, exit interview today. She said she doesn't smoke, but I was like, okay, so what's her, what's this nicotine addiction then? If she oh, she doesn't smoke. any, she doesn't anymore. She doesn't, she doesn't smoke anymore, but she has been um, like on a patch. I think, I think that's what she was saying that she was on a patch for okay a while. Yeah. So, so there are, you know, I'm sure she's not the first person to have smoked who, you know, who goes on the show or who has a, a nicotine addiction, but, you know, between, I guess, the hunger and the lack of sleep and the rain, once again, these are all, you know, these are not, these are nothing new to survivor. Right. So I just like, what is it that causes a person to like, Nope, I don't care. You know, 26 days. I don't care about this $1 million prize at the end. I, I need out of here right now, <laughs> you know, like what, like what causes that? Like what, I don't know. Very, very disappointing, well, but. Well, Shane, Shane powers. Um, yep. He was on survivor. Uh, oh, I, I don't know. know. Panama maybe. Uh, yes. Yeah, survivor Panama. Yeah. <clears throat> he was like, he was like a chain smoker and he, 
he quit. I think he quit cold Turkey too. And he was, he, his mood changed during those first days of being on the Island. And he, he lashed out at some of the other survivors, but he made it to day 33 and you, but you could tell, I, I think, mm, somebody else with more experience than me will 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 have to attest to this but i felt like you could tell when hannah's mood shifted and and it was it was easy almost to see her kind of go over that ledge and and to me that screamed like she's missing that that nicotine she's missing that's what it was to me that's what it seemed like to me that she was missing that and maybe caffeine too because she drinks a lot of coffee whatever but I felt like that was a part of it. And all of these other things compiled on top of that. The fact that she wasn't sleeping, she felt hungry. I think all of those piled on top of the underlying like huge desire in in yeah. her, which was and, for it, nicotine. That's what I think. In my in my second watch through, um, she's she is wiping away tears as Brandon is crying, you know. So you could already see that yeah. his, I guess his emotional reaction sort of triggered an emotional mm. reaction in her. So even like at the marooning, you can see sort of, there is a bit of unraveling there as well. And she even references it later on in the episode that when she sees him having a breakdown that, you know, she's like, wow, this, like, this is real. <laughs> Survivor is really happening right now. And there's nothing that you could really do to stop it. It's just, it's just going to keep going at this point, right? That's this relentless game. And so I think there is, there is a lot of, uh, you know, mental, there's a big mental game that you have to be on top of as well, you yeah. know, and other than just, you know, the, the, the social strategic game that's going on around you, there's an internal battle that you're dealing with every day. And if you're not able to accept, you know, what's going on around you and what's going on inside you, then maybe you just got to get out of there. But, mm -hmm. but hope, you know, it's just, you'd hope casting could sort of sift that, sift these people out, but but who knows? Yeah, disappointing. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Sweat versus Savvy. Totally different this year um, or this season. <clears throat> the castaways don't have a chance to decide between the two. They actually have to compete in both Sweat and Savvy, and they're competing against each other. And there's only one tribe that comes out uh, with a flint. How did you like this little twist on the on this challenge on this? gaining of resources uh i did like that the players were removed from their tribe they were you know they've been sort of removed every season but they were physically taken away from their tribe and brought to another location so i liked that aspect i didn't like the aspect where one tribe would go without you know i like that both in previous seasons both tribes right. would potentially have, have the ability right. yeah to get the flint and the axe mm -hmm. um machete but but yeah I, I did, I did, I did like it. It adds a, an air of mystery, and you know Emily is very suspicious of if she, you know, she says they come back with nothing. They chose, they chose reward, obviously, um, which was not the case. You know, your her instinct, her gut was wrong, um, but I love that it sets up this, you know, this paranoia already in the first this first cycle. So, what did mm -hmm. what did you think? I I mean, I liked it too. The only thing <clears throat> was that it seemed impossible. I, I actually looked up the solution to that little string puzzle for the flint. That's very difficult. You have to kind of do some anti-logical moves uh, in order to get the string loose. You have to kind of tie it back up against itself 
over that little ball and then through rings and up up over the ball and then back over the ball and then back through the ring that's tough to do after working really hard and you're sweating you're breathing like your heart's pumping and you got to slow it all down and figure out this string puzzle i don't know i don't know who tested it but whoever did that is incredible because i don't know how anybody might have the mental capacity to slow down in that moment and then be able to take on that. it was a very out of the box puzzle yeah so i think I don't my, know friend, if I like my friend that much. my friend sarah she runs her own survivor in a day kind of thing and i wanted to ask her if that's the same challenge that she did because we did a very similar challenge in her game where there were we were attached to a, a like a thread that was you know tied to itself and then you had to get the thread around you somehow and it was sort of the same idea it just it yeah. seemed so impossible and then we, she showed us how to do it at the end. I was like, I still don't get this. Like, I still right. don't understand what just happened here. And it might be from the TV show, The Genius. I could be wrong. I've never watched The Genius, okay. but I think I think it's the same idea as a as a a challenge from there. I but, watched the video twice. I, I I still don't know how exactly how to do it. I don't I don't know. And I'm and I'm fine. Like I I did not have to run back and forth with a, with a bunch of heavy logs. So that was oh, hard. Totally. Yeah, even if they said, you know, you could start with savvy and then move on to sweat, like that would have been interesting, mm. you know? True. But yeah, for them to, I guess, if, you know, they had to do sweat first, then move on to savvy, then then there's that. But yeah. um, but one thing I really like about this is that uh, for the people who were suspicious, you know, it really just goes to show you that, you know, your gut can be wrong and what your yeah. instincts can t tell you can be wrong because mm -hmm. both people come back telling the truth. Like, this is what mm -hmm. happened. You know, mm -hmm. like we weren't able to finish it. Mm -hmm. And you see there's like, oh, no, no, no. You know, these people are lying. They took they took whatever the reward was for themselves. So. <laughs> well, because everyone's seen their what's happened before in Sweat versus Savvy, and nobody's ever lost it before before this season. Everybody right. has successfully completed it. Yeah. So it makes sense to me that some people would think that they were lying if they came back with, with nothing. So hard to not be a skeptical and survivor. Absolutely. Okay, so the next thing that, at least that I have written down here, and this guy is my favorite early player. He may not win the whole thing, but he is someone that I, I think I'm going to root for. He may become uh, the next Blankenship, but it is Austin Lee Kuhn. And this guy finds, just kind of off the cuff a little bit, he's so, sort of like low-key searching for anything, could, looking for advantages or idols, and he finds... Uh, a beware advantage um, hidden in the nook of the, uh, a tree. I was so excited for him coming in. I saw some pre-interviews. He's athletic, whatever, but he's also got strategy and uh, intelligence. At least, at least that's what he says. So we'll see how that plays out. And he finds that. And I, okay, I'm going to give you my take and then you tell me what you think. I love what is presented in this beware advantage the fact that there's multiple steps for him to gain the idol uh, and it's not just all in front of him. It's intriguing. I like that there's a lot of work involved and it's not out in the open either necessarily like the birdcage was, um, but he, there's a lot of risk involved, which is, which is great. How did you feel about it? So, yeah, I, I was curious to see how they were going to do the uh, Beware Advantage this season. And overall, so far, I like it. Um, when he opened it up and he said that there's a series of steps that you have to take, 
that that that's pretty worrisome. Uh, I threw it out in our Discord um, if anyone had any questions. And so John M was wondering, like, what are what would be our guesses for for solving it? Did did, did you have any like immediate thoughts of what to do? Oh, with it? Yeah, I think so. So when I first saw, so there's two things here. Reba's sign has these markings on it, right? Symbols or whatever around the top and the bottom of the Reba sign. What I think they are, before I tell you the crazy thing that I think I discovered, <clears throat> what I think they are is half letters. And so you're going to have to, he's going to have to take that little piece of parchment and line it up with some other symbols on the sign until they all make words and they give him some instruction. And so they're, they all kind of look like wonky, wonky letters or like partial letters. Um, I was trying to figure it, I, some of them I feel like I could figure out like, the last sort of looks like an X and then the first three kind of look like dig, but then the rest of it, there's just two, I didn't have enough time. I had to record a podcast, so I couldn't figure out the rest of it, but it looked like it could be dig blah, 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 X. Right. So I wonder if he is able to, yeah, I, I honestly did not pair like on my own. I was not able to put the idea of matching the, bottom half to the top half but i love that because it's sort of similar to the birdcage in the sense that you have to be away from everyone on your tribe to sort of take your little clue and line it up to to the sign right and so mm -hmm. you're either gonna have to find a buddy to distract everyone or independently of everyone just try and you know line up what to like what what does this say Mm -hmm. And this is only step one of un an unknown amount of steps that he has to do. I hope it's only three, though. Like, I don't want to be too crazy. I hope it's just three. Three. I hope, like, three, three, three would be good. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of very Big Brother. Are, do you watch Big Brother at all? Are you a Big Brother guy? I am anti-Big Brother. It's garbage. It's hot garbage. I do not recommend <laughs> it. <laughs> yes! So, oh. the, the American edition, it's like everyone is just terrible. alienated, like, maybe 1% of our audience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been watching since season 15. So oh, I, wow. I, I haven't started How many this are season. There? It's not, they're on 25 right now, but I haven't, I haven't started this season yet. They're all PVR. So I'll get to it, but it is just trashy TV. Like it's, it's like, it's very like goopy, you know, like you're going to have like either like a lot of like glitter just thrown at you. You know, it's just a lot of goofy, mm. just really dumb over the top campy corny whereas survivor it's a bit more of like a classy game right there's yeah like it's very classy gentlemanly yeah well, right. you know the the type of people who go to compete on survivor are very different from the type of people who go and compete on big brother that being said uh wow. this this <laughs> that's a hot the, take straight from cal uh you know i watch it i'm, I'm not above it so uh but in comparison <laughs> i you know i it's it's not the it's not the best tv that being said, I feel like this task, it's very, even like Big Brother Canada, and I, I love Big Brother Canada. I think it's a lot better than the, the American edition, but I, I just love that he's going to be doing, you know, who knows what over the next few episodes. I think that's going to be a bit entertaining. I'm here for it, especially for a 90 minute. I know a lot of people don't like a lot of the challenges or a lot of these little extra things during the 60 minute version, but the 90 minute, hopefully, hopefully we're going to get some good content out of, I guess, what we're going to be seeing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the crazy thing that I think I found. I, I only looked at it closely once. I don't think Lulu's sign 
has the same symbols. I don't think it has any symbols. Huh. I'd have so you think you can go back if, word manage? Yeah. So anybody who's listening, if you're able to go back and watch the episode, take a look. Take a look at Lulu's sign. It comes up after Reba's sign. So Reba's sign, um, tribe sign you see first, and they see the markings, and Jay mentions that she thinks it's some foreign language. You later see Lulu sign when um, Emily is talking um, to a couple other tribe mates in front of it. I, I don't think there's any markings on it. So I'm wondering if there could be a different set of events that someone on Lulu, if they find the beware advantage, a different set of events that they have to perform. Yeah, and some of the criticisms that have been uh, laid on the other um, beware advantages is basically you're seeing the same thing happen three different times just with different people. And like, is that really good TV, right? So if they are three different challenges, I guess that'll, you know, I guess be a good rebuttal on survivor's part to the criticism but also i'm not opposed to seeing it three different times by three different people doing it three different ways so we'll see what it is if mm -hmm. if it is something different um a criticism that i would have is are they all necessarily the same degree of difficulty because right. how can you yeah how can you ensure that no matter what tribe that you end up on getting a getting a idol is going to be exactly the same across the board yeah although you could say that for when was that season 42 was that Marianne season when they had to say those strange sayings and actually the season before maybe 41 even with Xander and they were saying talking about bunny rabbits and butterflies and broccoli or something the, everyone had a different yeah, yeah some of those sayings seemed like they might be easier to throw into a sentence than others you could make the same argument with that oh yeah for sure absolutely and so for those of people who are going to play Survivor at home in the next edition, Andrew likes to sort of take some of these challenges and integrate them into his own season. So take note <laughs> if you can play. This all this probably will come up. So um, we, we come up to immunity challenge. We hear a little bit of talk from every single tribe, like at their camp, about um, maybe some alliances here and there. But really, it's just people getting to know each other. And then we come into the challenge um i i liked this challenge i like mud i think that's always fun when people get mud on their faces and stuff and there were there's also a few easter eggs here with bruce throughout the episode um some uh references to his incident from season 43 when he was competing and, and smacked his head and and broke it open and he was bleeding everywhere and got evacuated um medevaced but uh, when he is ch at the very, very, very beginning at the marooning, when he's um, starts running for that, uh, he's just about to start running in that challenge for the flint. He actually, you can see him tap his head, and whether that's him swiping, wiping sweat away, or it's him, I don't know, like just making sure that it's all still intact, or even just tapping it for good luck. I thought that was funny. And then in this challenge, in the immunity challenge, as he starts running, because he's again the first to run for his tribe. Jeff yells out, um, what does he say? He says, keep your head down. As Bruce is going underneath that first set, that first obstacle, and Jeff just shouts, just throws a little bit of shade towards Bruce. Um, I thought that was hilarious. So if you, again, there's something else. If you want to watch back, look for the Lulu sign and then 
um, look for Jeff making fun of Bruce. I did not notice any of these uh, Bruce Bruce things. So I, I love that. I love that you picked up on that because um, I, I certainly did not. And yeah, I mean, there is probably some part of Bruce who's like, okay, this is basically, I guess there was the initial, initial challenge, but like, you know, it's still an episode one and there's still a yeah. lot of, you know, physical parts to this. And so, okay, just a question for you. Going down the slide, do oh. you go, do you go head first? Or Kel, I was going to ask you the exact same thing. <laughs> I have it written down here. I have Kel, feet or face. <laughs> Feet or I love face it. There it is. First yes. into mud. Okay. Unfortunately, oh I asked you first, so Dang you it. you answer. Yeah, because <laughs> I know what um, I'm going to say. Okay, I a hundred percent would go face. A hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think there's some <laughs> cool part of Survivor to just like looking as gritty and like dirty as possible, and you know, as, as unnecessary as it is, like absolutely going face first down the slide and just like bam right into the mud. And it, like I did look to see how far the wood was, and it's like a fair distance from the base of the slide, so it's, yeah, like, there's yeah. not so a lot there's of no danger risk. Yeah, I mean Emily looked kind of like a doofus. Like flying in there head first, so you would look dumb flying in head first. But then afterwards, she looked like a boss. Her face was covered in mud. She looked like she could just like eat like a teammate when you're stuck in the mountains <laughs> with the other yellow jackets. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. No, I mean you you want to look like you went through it, and I think that's just a fun part of the game where I would absolutely just you know you want to yeah have the most part of the experience, and that like that absolutely to me is like just putting yeah just diving face first down the slide into the mud jumping into the that's experience. great i'm here for it yes yeah and again lulu loses their second challenge they were not even close that was bad like both challenges they just did not perform and um and you see brandon falling down again i don't know what it is they're just slow i don't if they're just slow or what they just are not good they're just not good and i don't yeah. think this bodes well for them i agree you see brandon he's one of the last people to leave while all the other tribes are basically off the mat him and caleb are just there by themselves and so that's not even brandon holding the team back it's the team holding the team back right so i think it's just not the best collection of people yeah so once again don't get too attached to members of lulu because the i think lulu losers pointing down <laughs> exactly mm -hmm. But I thought that the immunity idol was pretty cool, whether it's a pelican or some other kind of bird. I thought that was really neat. It looks beautiful. Um, kind of janky that the one team only gets the base and just and then the other team gets like the first team gets like the cool bird. But whatever. The whole thing together looks pretty cool. I thought that was great. Um, the design this season is much more in my favor than last season with the sword and the shield and all that stupid stuff. But Oh, that's right. You were very much opposed to that whole storyline. Still am. Still uh, am. <laughs> I'm kind of like neutral on it. <laughs> Once again, I'm kind of like blind to the theme around me. Like I'm sure people like art, people who love art and all that, like stage production care, but like, I don't know. It's neither here nor there to me. But yeah, I, th I think it does look pretty cool. And to be second place and only get the base, like, meh. But I guess who really cares? You know, you're not voting off someone on your team, so. Yeah. Well, I guess that uh, that brings us to uh, back to the camp with Lulu, and then uh, so quick, this... quick question for you: yeah, go ahead. Did you was there any tribe that you wanted to see lose? Were you like, or did you have any? No, you didn't care one way or the other. Not really. No, not really. Like, like 
I I kind of I, I guess I was hoping that Yellow would let Lulu would lose so that I could see Emily go home because I I didn't feel like she was been playing a good game and I I felt like the dynamics of Lulu would be more interesting if she wasn't there. That being said, with her being still here, I feel like it's more entertaining. Is there a tribe yeah. you wanted to lose? I actively wanted Lulu to lose. Yeah, yeah. I, wow. I was very much happy to see. Of course, you know, Caleb, once again, you know, we're the only Canadian Survivor podcast and he's the only uh, Canadian, Canadian on the season. So I have a vested interest in him this season. Wow. Okay, but yeah. um, I wanted to see how this hot mess of a tribe would, you know, mm-hmm. how it, things would shake down. And, you know, hot mess they definitely are and so i guess you know we can't get into it but i'm i was i was happy to see this specific tribe lose for sure yeah i did not see the outcome coming i mean when we they they had their conversations back at camp it all seemed to be pointing towards emily and then brandon seemed to be shooting himself in the foot and then all of a sudden hannah seemed to be shooting herself in the foot and then it just didn't make sense to me and then people are crying again and yeah, it was. A hot mess is like a, probably a really great way of putting it, like a big mustard mess, like hot mustard mess on the ground that you just can't seem to clean up. It stains the carpet. Um, it was not fun to to watch them kind of... It just seemed like nobody really wanted to push um, in a way, right? Like there were no real, like, I don't know, st- strategic talks. But... That being said, there was sort of a deleted part, right? We, we did talk about this a little bit before um, recording this podcast, but it it, it did come out recently. Um, Jeff did tell everybody that there is a part of the episode that was filmed and a part of gameplay that was filmed that we didn't see in the episode. Um, and what happens there is, uh, Kel, do you want to explain it? So, yeah, my understanding is that there was some sort of, um, I don't understand the mechanism to how this happened, but it sounded like there was a secondary reward to uh, one of the winning, someone from the winning tribe um, being selected to go to the losing tribe and just be part of the uh, post-immunity challenge scramble. And on top of being able to interact with all of the people on the tribe, they were also able to cast a vote on top of that. So it wasn't exactly, if you want to, oh, Siren is gone. Um, so yeah, Kendra was the one who I guess was selected. From Bello, the blue tribe. From Bello, yeah. yeah. And so did Bello win-win? Like, were they the first tribe to, like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they won one. one. Yeah, because okay. Drew Drew ended up finishing sec. Like, he ended up kind of putting the piece in for Red, for Reba, yeah. Reba McIntyre they put their they put their puzzles together second so yeah blue ended up with the with the with the top spot yes yes um so i guess kendra was from the winning tribe the one who finished first and she went over and i guess what we learned from emily sorry hannah oh my goodness uh what we learned from hannah is that she that kendra voted for brandon um and hard to say who would have gone home between Emily and Brandon, but uh, but yeah, um, that was deleted as it did not amount to anything in the episode. And so I think yeah. I I heard that Jeff said that this may or may not come back in the season, whether it'll be next episode 
maybe not, but he said, you know, it might, it might appear again. So I love it as a concept in terms of, you know, having some, if there's not going to be a swap, we want to see some sort of intertribal mingling before the, before the merge. And I really think this is going to be a fascinating mechanism in the game to just, you know, have some cross tribe pollination. Yeah. And the way I understand it is, is it, it wasn't a secret to Lulu either. Like they knew that Kendra was there and Kendra was watching them have these conversations, um, watched them scramble. And she vote, she sat there in plain view, I think of them at tribal council and she cast a vote. Um, yeah, she just wasn't a part of conversation. She just listened to everything that was going on. So that was, I don't know how I feel. I don't know if I like that though. I don't know if I like it. I like, Hmm. Uh, uh, well, does it break it the game in any way for you? Like, is that's kind really of. what when it comes to twists? You know, that's really what like, I. Have why to does she myself. get to cast a vote for someone she she has never talked to? I don't. And why would she choose Brandon? Like, why Brandon? Why wouldn't yeah. you try to vote out um, Caleb? Yeah. Right? I, I, it, yeah, it, it I, no I completely sense agree. It's like, let me cast a vote on who is clearly the weakest person on your tribe. But then the problem there is that if you have a situation like last, was it last season? Yes. Where Brandon, if you remember in the first, very first tribal, he, um, everybody voted for him. He um, played his idol and then he was able to vote out Maddie. And so Maddie went home Um but what if somebody from another tribe was watching and tied the vote by voting for somebody else that totally changes everything it almost takes away all of the strategy all of the gameplay all of the chatting the conversations that you have with alliances um you're lying to people bluffing with people now you're now you have to think about this almost non-participant third party who has an option to influence the game I, I'm not a fan of that. I don't like that. But it does. But does it give someone who is on the bottom more of an opportunity to sort of change the tides and get someone? So let's say if you know it's five people and two are on the bottom, could they maybe have an opportunity to tie it? Or you know, I just think there's there's some more more elements of exciting gameplay. Like I'm not completely out on the idea yet. Um, it's not perfect and it's not like quote unquote, like pure survivor, but I'm, I think it adds a level of intrigue that I'm here for. Okay. I guess we'll see how it plays out. Cause I, I just feel like there's too many loopholes and weird ways that like, it's not that she's seeing all the conversations. She's just witnessing what's in front of her and she doesn't participate that it feels, it just, yeah, I don't know. It feels weird. It feels icky to me that maybe I'm, wrong. I guess we could put that out as a poll, maybe on our Instagram or something like that, and ask people what they think um, about that twist, that potential twist, even though we don't really totally know what it's about. But All right, yeah. Melinda, you heard you heard it. We got to have an Instagram poll. She's running our Instagram, survivor underscore at underscore home at, on Instagram. So let's get that poll going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Back yeah. to design. I thought tribal, the design of tribal was awesome. I love the idea of walking into tribal, not being able to see cameras because they're all hidden and just seeing Jeff there. That that whole moment, seeing people witness their first tribal 
I'm sure they're scared, but it's also awesome. It's so cool to see them walk in there and and for Jeff to tell them to grab their torches and talk about th the tradition of of uh, your fire in the game and what that represents. And I, I love that part of it. There's something very nostalgic and comforting and awesome about it. Yeah. One thing that I really liked from, um, it was just right before they cut to commercial before Tribal, uh, on the topic of just cinema cinematography, you see that they sort of switch the camera and it's a bit more of like a zoomed in sort of, I don't, I don't understand the terminology, but like it's, it's, it's a different quality picture than, you know, you see all, all season, all episode long. And so I, I really like that sort of touch that it gives. And I think they did this last season where they had more of like a zoomed in look on some of the contestants during confessional. It wasn't all the time, but I really like when survivor messes around with, I guess the cinematography of what we see. Um, I don't see, of course, like I'm kind of blind to like, even if you're talking about tribal, like I, I could not tell you one thing that I saw at tribal council. I just remember the fire and them sitting down, but I really like when they sort of, <laughs> when they sort of, yeah, mess with, um, I guess, yeah, the, the camera. It, it was hmm. really cool. I liked that. That's awesome. Anyway, I, I haven't really thought about it that way. I thought, I always think about what's behind the scenes and, and how they, like, you know, how they present the idol. Like, they threw mud on it and then sprinkled wood chips on it. That's what I think about. All the, like, the people moving hands and stuff behind that. But I like the way that you're thinking about it, how they play with perspective and, and changing camera angles and focus and things like that. That's cool too. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, tribal is a pretty crappy tribal. It's a strange tribal. Emily, again, in front of every, she talks, she throws herself under the bus kind of, and then she throws everyone else under the bus. And then, yeah, Hannah just implodes. And it was a little bit, shocking um and very disappointing i think for me i've seen her exit interview i mean every if you're listening to this you've seen what happened and the fact that and, and her explanation in the episode of why she wants to go home for me knowing i have one other friend one other friend I have not talked. Well, I've talked about a him. third friend and he has applied for survivor seven times, seven times. Holy and macaroni. he would give, he would give probably parts of his body to be on that show. I know how passionate he is about this, about the game and about survivor and what it means um, to know that somebody came on got the opportunity went through all of those hoops like tons and tons of hoops to be able to get on the show all the paperwork all the money all the people behind the scenes who helped her to get onto the show and somebody even was i heard um rick devins today is talking about how you know there's people at home who are like covering shifts or like watching houses or dogs or children whatever there's a there's a whole army of people that help you to get onto the show and I mean, so Amanda, my wife, she's, she was like, I have zero interest to be on the, sh to be on the show. But to her, it felt like an insult. It was like an insult to all of those other people who had put in so much effort and, and, and to people who can't make it onto the show. I think for me as a fan, I was disappointed and a little bit 
a little bit, I wouldn't say angry. I would say frustrated deeply. Yeah, it's, it's really tough. Um, so I've, I've been a part of teams where we, you know, we hire people to work for organizations. And one thing that I've really noted is that there are people who interview well and then just perform not well. <laughs> so mm. there's some people who can excel at talking to a panel of people and explaining why they're right for the job. But then when they actually get, you know, hit the ground, they, they can't run, you know, or they just run very poorly. And so obviously Hannah is a very accomplished person. She worked as a therapist for a number of years and realized it wasn't for her. And now she manages a group of therapists. Um, you know, she, uh, I guess she doesn't drink. She, you know, she's been sober for over 11 years. Um, yeah, you know, she's a very accomplished person and I guess why that doesn't translate into a person who can, you know, play competitively for a million dollars. Like I really, I'm scratching my head at this and I really actually liked her interview with Mike Bloom. She's a camp person. And she said, you know, like I worked at summer camp and I, I really think, you know, drawing on that will help in my performance on survivor. And actually that resonated with me because I worked at summer camp for over 10 years. Yeah. And I think I, you know, in the different roles that I worked at, at summer camp, I think I just, I've grew tremendously as a person. And so I just loved hearing that from her. And so to see her just fall so flat that, you know, that, you know, that, that was, I don't want to say that was offensive to me, but that kind of was like, man, like I, I'm a person who kind of would say that same thing if I was in casting and for her to fail like that almost like, man, like how would I necessarily do if I was out there? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was a bit sad for me, you know, to, to see someone like she's a, she works in a helping profession. I worked in, I do work in a helping profession. Uh, we both have similar stories. And so it's, yeah, exactly what you're saying. It's just, there's a lot of just disappointment and sadness that come with someone who decides to quit from the game. But that being said, you know, she did take, you know, quote unquote, the spot of, you know, one of thousands, but like how many, what's the percentage of those thousands of people who would also quit, you know, because yeah, we're also, we like to think, you know, I think we should be thinking the best of ourselves and our abilities. Um, and there has to be, you know, <laughs> for reality TV, some level of delusion on yourself and how you would perform. And I think the reality is that when we get out there, like we're not going to be, we're not going to be a Russell Hans. We're not going to be a Parvati. We're not going to be a Tony, you know, we're basically signing up to lose and signing to embarrass ourselves on national TV. And yeah. I think a large part, I don't want to say a large part, but I think there is a percentage of people that would actually quit just being buckled under the pressure of seeing all these cameras pointed at you and, you know, having to physically prove yourself to a bunch of strangers. You know, it's the, the amount of pressure that this game like puts on us people is immense and so mm -hmm. I don't necessarily want to fault or blame her um, because I think, you know, she did make it past the layers and layers of casting. Like casting is months. It takes months for her to get there. Um, yeah. So it's not like she gave this little to no thought. <sighs> so that being said, you know, Survivor, it's it's a heck of, exp of an experience. And 
you know, we're all going to exit this game one way or the other. And so for her to, you know, say, you know, there's people who here who desperately want this in Emily and Brandon. And, you know, I, I would rather them have this experience for me. Who's kind of like not really in it at this point. I don't know. Like I'm not, not necessarily mad at it. Is it the best way for survivor to premiere for season 45? Definitely not. Yeah. But you know, it gives, it, it gives more people who are willing to play the game room, such as Emily and like, I'm not, you know, Emily and Brandon can potentially go far as, you know, I stated earlier. It's true. And so maybe, uh, maybe Emily and Brandon can fly after Hannah tripped and fell. I don't, I don't know. I already bungled up that, state, <laughs> that sentence. <laughs> so I, I agree with a part of that because if she doesn't want to be there yet, you don't want to watch her like not want to be there. I think there, there's been a couple of, I mean, there's been, I don't know, something like 18 people who have quit Survivor, including, by the way, the self-proclaimed queen. She quit, Sandra. Which uh, she quit. Well, she was already voted on the game. Yeah, she quit so on her own terms. Blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah. she, no, she quit it. Like, I, Redemption, well, not Redemption Island, whatever the island, island was called. So I, yeah, it she, sounds like she was voted out of the game. She was voted out of the game. <laughs> I will say, okay, so what I'll say though, you don't want to watch somebody who doesn't want to be there. But that in itself is what bothers me. Like, I, I'm trying to think, what is her motivation? If the prize was 2.5 million, would she have stuck around? Is If the acclaim was bigger, I don't know how you can get bigger than winner of Survivor, but I don't, like, I just don't get it. What was her motivation for going on? Was she looked there just for the journey? Was she there just to make friends? Like, if that's the case, then yeah, go home. But then, why like just go camping just go camping with some strangers you don't have to compete on survivor so that that bothered me i that bothers me in and of itself and i don't i'm just gonna voice this i don't hate her and i do not hate her i'm frustrated that this happened that somebody who's not motivated played the game i'm i'm probably grateful that she went out day three as opposed to maybe like day whatever like 18 but it is frustrating as a fan it's frustrating as yeah someone who knows other people who would rather be on there and and give up a lot to be there so that's frustrating but i think and i and i'll put this gen i'll, tr I'll try to put this gently i'm gonna try to put this gently i feel no i don't feel i have watched her explanation of it and it just does not make sense to me i she has kind of conflicting reasons for why she quit and to me i still don't understand it and maybe it's just the fact that nothing she did say that there was a lot a bigger discussion that she had with jeff and with her tribe mates that wasn't shown so maybe it's hidden in there somewhere. I, From what I've seen in, in interviews and what I've read, I don't get the, I just don't get a satisfactory explanation of why it all happened. And I have my thoughts, obviously, like I've already said, my thought was that, you know, it was something to do with like previous like substance stuff that like she's still dealing with um and that's tough that's hard 
Uh, it just, yeah, it's, it's a letdown. And I mean, in the end, I think she's okay with it and she's fine with it. I think for everybody who's really invested in the show and in the game and in what it means, it's frustrating. And you've got Brandon, you've got Caleb, you've got Sabaya, and maybe Sean, who he wasn't as obvious, but they all seem to be aligned about getting Emily out. Now they have to shift gears. They're going to be moving into sort of a different territory with Emily still on the tribe. Um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, Jeff Jeff was quoted later as saying that after this all happened, the first call that he made was to their casting director um, and to their head psychologist. And he said, like, add this to our data because we got it wrong. We missed something with Hannah. She shouldn't have been on the show. Here's the last thing I'll say. About That's this. rough. That is so rough. Wow. It is. So here's the last thing I'll say. When Jeff was asked... Um, in his eyes, did she quit? He said, 100%, it's a quit. When she was asked, she said, technically, it's not a quit. It was at Tribal. So let's just own that. How do you feel about that? Well, in her exit interview with Rob, she said, <clears throat> she said, it, she called it a quit. She said, call it a quit. It's a quit. It's fine. So, oh, she said, so she did say it was a quit. Yeah, with her, I, I read the Mike Bloom interview quickly and then i listened to what while that's I the one i'm referring oh. to yeah. yeah so in her in her uh verbal and well they're, they're all verbal but like and you can listen to the interview with rob and she did she he's kind of like dancing around and she's like you can say quit it's fine <laughs> so, so at least at that portion in the morning she did recognize it as a quit who knows it maybe she talked to mike earlier on and then as the morning went on it's like okay it's it's probably a quit. i don't know but at that point, she recognizes it as a quit. I would say it's a quit because clearly she was not going to go home. It was either going to be Brandon or Emily. But, but yeah, I, I would say it's a quit. Um, and so, yeah, that being said, I want uh, Lulu to lose again. And I want to see them at Tribal Council. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so, so. Oh, yeah. That's going to be so fun to watch. Yeah. Hashtag uh, just as a, Team Caleb. But, uh, yeah, I want to see them go back to Tribal next episode. As a parting... Um... As a parting kind of comment here, I, I think that we do need to offer some grace to Hannah. So wherever she's at, like now, she doesn't deserve any kind of hate on um, social media. I, I want to criticize a lot about what I've seen, but and I have already. Um, but I, I, I think that it's also like important for us to check ourselves in terms of uh, like her character and who she is as, as a person. Um, so anyways, I'll just, uh, I think I'll leave it at that. Is that okay? Did I yeah, leave it no, at, I, at a good place? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, and remember, I mean, like Survivor is a microcosm of reality, right? Of the real world and yeah. people quitting and, you know, people having nicotine addictions. It's all part of it. So absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. So it seems for next episode, we're looking at episode two. It looks like Emily is throwing things into the fan and it's a lot of poop. Um, maybe not literal, but um, she is start starting to stir some things up. It looks like uh, Drew and maybe Julie are starting to form a little bit of an alliance or something. But I'm um, really excited for episode number two. Um, any other parting thoughts for uh, episode one and what we saw and looking forward to uh, the rest of the season, Kel? Uh, great episode. I think there's a lot of really fun characters here. Um, a lot of a mixture of old and new fans. Um, yeah, very diverse cast. Love, love looking at just the yeah, different uh, 
ethnicities and different uh, occupations. And, um, you know, there's no, you know, we have people in their 20s. There's no like 19 year olds like there have been in, I guess, the previous seasons. But, you know, we have two people in their 40s. We have one person coming back from last season. So I think it's just a really nice mixture of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, episode one was really fun. And they're all 90 minutes. So uh, I was really happy to see that, I guess, moving forward, we'll have longer episodes. Um, going into going into it, I, I did not think Emily was going home. I thought she was going to be like a, a fake out. Um, but I was like, oh, this is where the 90 minutes come in. You know, they're trying to fool us with, uh, sorry, Hannah, man, Hannah going home. Oh but my yeah, goodness. Lo and behold, was, yeah, I don't know why I keep mixing those <laughs> two up, but, but yeah, great, great episode. Really liked it a lot. Yeah. So that's episode one. We can do hard things. And that's a quote right from Brandon. So that's one for him that he's got on the season. We'll see how many quotes he gets in as episode titles from here on out. Um, where are we moving into now? Are we doing a little bit of a drafty draft here, Kel? Or what? We are doing. We are not over yet. This podcast is not <laughs> over. So one thing that I really wanted to do this season was do a preseason draft. But unfortunately, the stars did not align. Um, my lovely co-host Rochelle was off gallivanting in Europe. Um, the other co-host Alex was off looking at houses. And I think he even bought yeah. one. So, you know, Congrats, we're Alex. all adults. Yeah, we all lead very busy lives. But... One thing that we're going to do today is we're going to have a Kel versus Luke draft. So we're going to be drafting 16 of the remaining castaways. And so one person will go left undrafted. (laughs) Okay. So we're picking. So, okay. So we're picking, we're picking picking eight each. And what are we picking for here? We're looking for uh, winners. Winners. Basically winner takes all. And one person will go undrafted and we can say, that one person will be held by the survivor at home community. Um, so that'll be their, their horse in the race here. Um, and remember, Gabler was picked last in a lot of people's <laughs> fantasy drafts. So you yeah. never know who's going to win these things, right? It's true. It's tough to know. Like you, you can, you can do all the preseason uh, research that you want, but as soon as people hit the Island, you, you see a different side of them, right? So Yes. Yeah. So uh, one thing, one app that we currently use for um, our drafts is this uh, lovely app called Real TV Fantasy. Um, it's, uh, I think, both Android and iOS friendly. I'm personally an iOS guy. So uh, you could all, not to advertise too much for the app, but uh, Survivor aside, it has The Bachelor, Big Brother, The Amazing Race, and The Challenge. So uh can do a multiple uh luke i trust that you made your profile and yes you did so um so some bonus content here for everyone we're uh we're gonna do a live live draft okay so as i'm the commish i will uh commissioner actions uh okay uh oh no i think it's just regular um okay join draft Start draft. Okay, I'm going to generate a random order out of the two of us. So who's going to go first? Oh, oh come Lulu on. Losers. <laughs> Am I first? You're first. Okay. Okay, uh, it doesn't... Okay, let me see. Okay, I'm in. I'm ready to go. All right, so my first pick... Oh, this is a snake draft, too. So I pick first, and then Cal takes the next two picks. So we alternate yes. two picks and two picks. Yes. Interesting. And so the fun part is we never really touched on most people. No, I don't say mm-hmm. most people. We never touched on a lot of people. So mm-hmm. this will be a really fun way to maybe do a little bit of a deeper dive on, yeah. on the castaways. 
All right, take it away, Luke. Yeah, so I'm going to actually, um, I'm going to kick it off by picking a uh, castaway who originally I had, did not have a lot of hope for. And I I sort of saw him as one-dimensional, but now that I've seen him in this first episode, I realize that he's not just one-dimensional, but two-dimensional. He's got two personalities. One is Drew, the other is Basile. And this dude, I think, has everything that it takes to be the underwhelming champion of the season. Drew Basile is my first overall selection. Shut the front door. That was my winner pick. <laughs> nope, it's mine, did you, my friend. Did you know that? Did you know no. that? I was gonna... <laughs> no. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> so <laughs> I I do think Drew is going to win the game. And we never touched on him at all. But I think he is a great combination of both being uh, like a mental and physical threat. Mm-hmm. So I really he's like tall, hey? he's pretty tall. He's very smart. The only downside to this for him is he's 22. So, you know, yeah. it's, a, yeah, it's, I don't, it's not, it's like an average aged cast. So mm-hmm. it's not like he's, you know, 19, 20, 21, but a great pick. I really, really love that pick for you. Um, Thank you, sir. <clears throat> so now that you took, <laughs> my, who I thought I would get. <laughs> um, um, I. Okay. Okay. So let me, let me just look here. Um, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Kendra. Okay. Kendra, the bartender. Is that correct? She's a bartender. I don't remember what she necessarily is by occupation, but she is a part of the uh, the three the three Virgos, the three Katura Kendra Kelly alliance. Which mm-hmm. once again, my name starts with K, and I'm also a Virgo. So I was pretty excited oh, to hear that. Oh my a, goodness! Now, I'm not a I'm not a horoscope person really in the slightest, but um, you know, <laughs> no. But these having, are your reasons for her being a winner. <laughs> Hey, no, 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 this is why I, I like this trio of people. Okay. Having your name start with the letter K, it's such, everyone thinks it starts with C, or at least for me, you know? So tell me the, about it. The struggle of having a name that starts with K is, is real. So mm. <laughs> let me just start there. No, I really liked what she, I think she's a, a great balance of, uh, yeah, social and strategic. Um, She was able to, yeah, pull the women on her tribe together. Um, Her downside is, I think, uh, she did, she's targeting the other lawyer. And so Couture is onto that. I don't think that's so great for her, but I think I, I really liked what I saw from her this season. There were, were yeah, highlighting some of her, of that group's st- strategy. And uh, so, yeah, she's my, well, I guess I really wanted Drew. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I think Kelly, Kelly will be my, sorry, Kendra will be my first choice. Uh, following Following her, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna go ahead and take. Um, okay, no. I'm gonna go ahead and take Caleb. Caleb, the Canadian. Yeah, so from Vancouver. From Vancouver, so yeah. For uh, if you're not from Toronto, you're from Vancouver, right? Um, or Cambridge, so- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think my worry with my worry with Caleb is that he he was at least at the end of last season he's heard in the 
in the uh, previous saying that he wants to play like a villain. And mm -hmm. so that worries me, but uh, he super charismatic, uh, very physical. Um, so I think he's going to at least get through the pre-merge um, where he goes from there. I don't know, but I think, uh, yeah, he'll be able to draw a lot of people in just with his energy and, and yeah, I'm really excited to see how he does. And so, um, mm. yeah, I guess that's, that's Caleb that's, is my pick. That's a good pick. I, 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 he's definitely jumped up my ranking since this first episode, because, uh, like you said, I feel like he is a very good strategic player. So I'm excited to see how he, where he takes it from here, even though I didn't, um, value him very highly before the season, but I am excited to see how he changes my mind. So, um, I will actually, um, with my next pick, I'm going to take his partner currently in crime, uh, Sabaya. I'll take her as my number two pick. Uh, she just, uh, to me, she kind of seems like the person with the even keel type of attitude and able to um, read people. She's not a super crazy threat in terms of, at least from what I've seen, in terms of physical challenges, but she does have enough uh, to be able to uh, compete and to make herself valuable uh, through the group stage and then through the tribe stage and then into merge. I guess we'll see how it goes, but I, I feel like she's positioned well in her tribe uh, to move forward. So look at that. We've I was, taken some I was, yeah, I, you know what? I was going between Caleb and Sab Sabaya and yeah, I, I think Caleb's Canadian and his name also starts with K. <laughs> um no so i so i did obviously take to caleb but yeah I, she was very high on my list of of potential winners as well yeah once again on lulu but but yeah yeah i'm, I'm excited to see how she does this season all right i'm gonna be a little bit uh vulnerable here and tell you actually my who i'm deciding between here you it, that doesn't necessarily it might not inform your decision making uh but i am choosing between austin and brando I really like Brando, but I feel like I've already got kind of a, a similar care, uh, player in Drew. Brando seems to be very adept at puzzles. I feel like he might be um, a great pick, but I'm going to go with Austin. Austin is going to be my next draft pick there. I've got a lot of hope for this guy. He reminds me kind of of a Xander type. He's young. He's athletic. He's definitely smart. Um I have a feeling he's going to go a long way, but he's not going to win. But whatever, might as well choose him and root for him, right? Yeah. So, okay, you earlier in this episode said that Austin was your pick to win. Was that you know throwing me off when you knew that we were going to be doing this draft? Was that <laughs> was that the no? Order? No, I just I try to be honest all the time, Cal. All the time. You try to be honest. Are all you the going time. for Brando now or what? <laughs> I see. I do I like know. Brando. So yeah, Brando's great. Yeah, Brando, Brando. Well, there's something familiar about Brando. Like, I feel like I would be Brando's friend in real life. You know, like he just seems like such a friendly, nice, honest person. So I, I really like the energy that he brings, but I don't know if he's going to win the game necessarily. Interesting. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, I am going to go actually for uh, the Jake, our uh, Boston lawyer. Um, oh, masquerading as a public defender. Uh, he is, oh man, I don't know how 
law necessarily works in the states but he's on the other side he's not the public defender he's the, the guy on the other side i believe um so yeah he's he's into theater he's in he's in law uh he has you know he's a very big guy so i think he occupies a lot of different spaces and I think he's going to be a lot more adaptable than people realize. And so I think it was, it was Katura who said um, she doesn't really get a lot of strategy from, from Jake. Yeah. But, you know, once again, I don't think you should underestimate anyone in this game. And for her to say, oh, I'm going to not, I'm not going to tell people that I'm a lawyer. And this yeah. guy who, who actually is a lawyer, I don't get a lot of strategy from him. I think yeah. that's, that's on her. You know, like this guy mm -hmm. clearly has something like, he he wrote the LSAT, he passed, he got into law school, he graduated, he got called to the bar. Like this guy's not dumb, <laughs> you know. So for someone to be writing him off, I don't want to say that she's writing him off, but just you know, underestimating him, that's uh not not the best look. Um so I, I I'm very excited to see how Jake does. Uh for my next pick. Um, I know that you're you know, you uh you're waving around Brando in front of my face. But uh, <laughs> we'll go ahead and ignore that. Dang it. Um, and I am actually going to go ahead and take the other lawyer, Julie. So, oh, right. Yeah, she's a lawyer too. Lots of lawyers. Yeah. We didn't get a lot of Julie this episode, but um, she did. Okay. And so I think, uh, I think it was Rochelle that sent in this question where she said, What do you think about? people who lie about their occupations and would you lie about your occupation on survival? Right. I don't know. I don't know if I would be. What do you do? I, I think I've asked you this before. <laughs> a youth leader or. Well, no, I, so I manage a landscaping company, oh, but okay. I, I was a teacher for a long. So I, I don't know, like, I don't know if it matters to me that much or actually to other players as much in terms of those professions. So I might just say one or the other. I mean, I might even just tell people I'm a teacher, even though I'm, I'm not really anymore. Like I'm qualified, but I'm not practicing. So um, I don't think it matters to me. I would just tell people like if I was, if I was a lawyer, I probably would still tell people. I don't know if I care that much. Yeah. You I mean, you see, Last season, I forget the guy who he was a surgeon and the other team clocked him as a surgeon. And then he went in and lied and said he was like a physiotherapist or a, no, a personal trainer. And so I think there's a lot of downsides to lying. Mm -hmm. And yeah, as like I would, yeah, I am currently a social worker and I don't think I would lie about it. I would be pretty honest with that. Um, and actually, uh, Nick Wilson, who, sorry if you hear the siren, I live in downtown. <laughs> so, you know, downtown Winnipeg. Woo, downtown Winnipeg. Um, Nick Wilson, who was a lawyer, uh, told everyone on his season that he was a social worker. So you didn't see that in the season, but, you know, that just came out later. So that being said, I don't think I would lie about it, but I would maybe sort of um, not the way I would describe the job, the way I'd frame the job wouldn't, you know, it's just like, I work with, well, you know, I, I would just make it in like as non-threatening a way as possible. Um, I feel like you would I tell people know. you're a personal trainer. Well, That's what you would want people to know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know nothing about, you know, that world. So I think, you know, my ability to like, or you're an influencer. Through a conversation. <laughs> yeah. Gym, I am an a influencer. influencer. <laughs> yeah. I, I create TikToks. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> rankings, okay. yeah. I believe is it is it your it's turn? It's on me. To... Okay. It's on me, and I already have both of my picks planned okay. um, because you took so freaking long on yours. I know. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm actually going to pick Brando because I really did want Brando. So okay. I'm gonna take Brando. He's uh, he he has a lot of the characteristics that I feel a Survivor winner actually has. So I'm gonna take Brando uh, for my next pick, and. Although See, before, I did before we oh, before we move on, there's like an earnestness to Brando yeah. that I think it's just very lovable, and I think he you know he could bring a lot of people like he could he could work a lot of people will, will want to work with him in some capacity, but I don't know how far earnestness can get you in Survivor. Like there has to be a point where you turn you flip a switch. And then, you know, that earnestness just becomes more conniving energy. So we'll see if he's able to do that. And so that'd be my, my worry with Brando, but mm. I guess we will see. And then my next pick actually is one of my highest ranked players. I, we didn't, we weren't even talking about her, so I didn't even like bring her up, but Kelly Nalbandian is my next pick. I feel like she, like right when I first saw the cast, and I saw some preseason stuff. She didn't really get a lot of airtime this episode necessarily. Um, but she strikes me as somebody who can play kind of whatever angle she wants. She's already got somebody who's super comfortable with her offering her like a final three. So I, I feel like she's kind of in a good position where she can play a couple of different angles already within her tribe and looking forward. I, I just feel like she's got a good skill set. Um, being a nurse, um, she's already talked about kind of being through some some difficult times and being able to deal with people and deal with stressful situations. So I feel like she's got a lot of the uh, assets and tools that she needs to to take home the prize. Yes, and I think I read that she is Survivor's first Armenian to play the Ooh. game. Yeah, so I, I love that for people who are from Armenia. I guess... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All the Armenians out there. Woo! Team Kelly. <laughs> Kelly, strong name. Team Kelly. It is. Yeah. Good, good name. name. Okay. So I, I guess, so I got the next two picks. Um, so I, yeah. Oof. Okay. We're like really usual. coming down to it here. <laughs> like usual. Yeah. I get the next two. Are you unique to this? I will, I'm going to pick. Um, okay. So this is going to be a bit puzzling based on, I guess, everything that I've stated so far. But I am going to pick Emily Flippin. Emily. Uh, yeah. Flippin tables. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So although, um, you know what? I'm going to also just go ahead and pick Brandon because. Um, oh, so, you are taking Brandon. Dang it. Yeah. So I'm picking them solely based on their ability to maybe have a quote unquote growth narrative, but actually flip it into a win. So they both had very, very weak episodes, but I don't want to discount the potential that they can flip around and, uh, you flip know, around. <laughs> flip in you yeah. that they could, I guess, turn the tables and once they get their feet under them, move forward in more, in a more strategic way. So, uh, although, yeah, once again, I think Lulu will go back to tribal a few times. Um, I'm not necessarily convinced that we'll we'll lose maybe both of them. Yeah. 
All right, we're getting down to um, a couple of players here who are sort of ranked around the same for me. Um, I do really like two of these women and um, think that they have um, social skills that can, actually all three of the ones that are left here, DJ and Katura, they've all got, um, they've all got their, um, their heads in uh in the game unlike hannah and uh just feel like uh I, and i always had a good vibe from her when she did her preseason interview so i'm gonna choose jay jay maya um Solid pick. she's talked about working hard and pushing through in a lot of situations and so i'm hoping that uh she seems to be like reaching out to some people it looks like she and drew kind of have a, a little bit of a rapport so i'm uh yeah, I'm kind of bank. I'm actually banking on Reba to go, like maybe losing maybe one player before merge. So I'm kind of hoping that they that 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 the Lulus continue to lose. So that being um, said, who do you think if you do you have Reba in front of you? Like, who do you think would be the first to get voted out of Reba? It might be um, Sifu, just because of uh, even though I thought he would be great kind of going in, I, I don't, I'm not as sure anymore. I feel like he's ruffling some feathers. I don't know if he's really like, people aren't really trusting. Like D does not, you could see it on her face. Like, and she, she had a little confessional where she was talking about not, not really trusting Sifu and not like she just was, she had to keep her eyes on him kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, okay. So then my next pick, I'm actually going to choose someone who I do not think is going to win, but I want to root for him. It's going to be Bruce. Bruce is on my team. Uh, hopefully the second time around, he ends up making it to the very, very end. Instead of being the first person out, he's the last person left. So, and I like Bruce. I don't know if he's, you know, vibing so well with his, his, um, his tribe yet. And it looks like next episode, he might have a little bit of, a um, so maybe some tension kind of arise, but we'll see how that goes. I like Bruce. Yeah. So uh, Ryan sent a question in, in regards to just his little uh, kerfuffle with uh, Emily. Um, so how do you think Bruce handled, I guess that, that, I guess, yeah, that little interaction that they had. Um, I'm trying to find exactly where, what Ryan asked, um, but just in terms of like downplaying his threat level as a returning player and um, yeah, I guess, how do you think he handled that situation? I thought it was perfect. Like he didn't really respond with anything inflammatory or directly like opposing Emily or anything like that. He didn't throw anything back at her. But then when he got back to his camp, he talked crap about her behind her back. So that was the perfect way. Cause then he endears himself to, to his tribe mates because they all witnessed that go down. So I thought he yep. handled it really well. Yep, I agree. Um, and so uh, Rochelle also had another question about Bruce, um, just in terms of, um, so you see, okay, so people are saying, he's saying he doesn't want to be the dad, but then you see him sort of like you drunk know, uncle. being the dad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, but you see him sort of like being quote unquote bossy. And so yeah. what do you think the line is between like being bossy and being helpful? Like what, what, like, what do you think about that? Is Bruce a dad? Does he have, he has kids, right? I think he does. Yeah, I think, I think he, he does. I think he, he talked about that on the podcast with, um, with Jeff. I think it's really tough for a dad who goes into that situation. If he's got kids kind of around their age for him not to give them advice because he's kind of trained to look out for them and to take care of, you know, people their age. So 
It, it kind of there were there's been a couple of other older uh, guys, maybe in their 40s or 50s, who have been on Survivor, who have taken, who have kind of gone down that same road. It's a familiar fate. Um, thinking back a couple seasons ago, I think Roxroy kind of kind of did that as well. Um, I don't know. I have high hopes for Bruce. I I guess we'll see how it plays out. That's all I can say. It does not look great, but it doesn't look as bad as it could have been. So I agree. I agree. Yeah. And I mean, we see the confessional of someone saying, oh, he's, you know, being a dad and he's being a bit bossy. But I mean, these are comments that the producers draw out of the castaways, right? So yeah. like, so what do you think about Bruce? <laughs> you yeah. know, like, well, Bruce might also this. be the way that they feel about their own dads too. So <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Who, like who knows? Yeah, I, I I'm not discounting. I probably would have picked Bruce. I have, you know, two more picks because yeah. <laughs> as I've had this whole draft, uh, but I probably would have picked Bruce. Um, so I think yeah, it's it's a good last last round. I guess you have you have one more pick, but uh, but yeah, good good pick overall. I'm here for it. Okay. Okay. So um, with my second to last pick, so the last the four people on the board. D, Katura, Sean, and Sifu. Uh, so I will get two, you will get one, and the Survivor home community will be left over with, with whoever is left undrafted. So I, out of these four, I'm going to pick, I really liked what I saw from, we didn't see a lot of her, but we, I'm going to pick D. And one thing that I really liked is uh, from her interaction with Sifu, is, yeah, you, you had brought this up that, to paraphrase what she said, that you know her mom says that she's a bit of a firecracker back home and she really will you know speak what's on her mind but she said you know what like i'm on survivor and i'm not gonna you know i'm gonna hold back and i think that's yeah. exactly what you want to do in these situations right you don't want to be you know going out guns blazing and like emily and uh you know saying exactly what's on your mind and ensuring that everyone knows your every opinion so i really like what d brought it's not the most compelling tv but i think it's very smart gameplay and so i i do like interesting that. yeah yeah. So for my last, last pick, um, <laughs> I, you know, I have all the lawyers, so why not get the trifecta of, uh, wow. Yeah. The legal team. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go with, uh, Miss Katura tops. Um, yeah. And you know, she has a bit of an upward battle with, uh, you know, I guess lying about her profession, but yeah, she, she says that she is, uh, I can't exactly remember. She manages an office for civil rights, which is, I think, basically adjacent to uh, being a civil rights lawyer. Uh, and so, yeah, she, in her preseason coverage, she spoke a lot of, you know, her her really wanting to fight for the cause of, you know, Black Lives Matter and just, uh, and specifically, you know, police um, corruption in terms of, uh, I guess, what she sees what she experiences in part of her community, but also, you know, as crazy of a work for a lot of work that she does, she also wants to do something fun and, you know, uh, compete on survivor. And so I really love that balance of just, mm. uh, here's this very intense job field that I work in, but also I want to do something fun, like participate in this very intense game. <laughs> so I, I really like, uh, I really like what she's, uh, what she's all about. And uh, she is my choice. Yeah, and she seems hilarious. Like when she was doing the the whole lawyer, like fake out lawyer thing with Jake, that was funny. Like, and it was kind of like we were in on the joke with her, and she was kind of playing to the camera a little bit. I that was really funny. 
Um, yeah, she'll, yeah she'll I've never been around lawyers before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So these last two guys, Sean and Sifu, I, I actually, it's a tough, tough decision for me because one of them, I see them as being potentially the next vote out. That's Sifu. I don't, I think Sean is actually better positioned, but I don't necessarily see Sean as being somebody who would take the reins. Um, he hasn't gotten much airtime. I, he doesn't seem to be um, at the center of much. We didn't really see a lot of conversations that he had, but maybe he was just talking to Kendra actually when she was over like spying on their camp. So I don't have high hopes for Sean long-term, um, but I have high hopes for him short-term because I, I feel like he's in a good position right now. Ha Sifu, however, I feel like he's in a terrible position right now on his tribe, at least out of the rest of them. But if I look forward down the line, if he can flip that around, I actually feel like he's got a lot more options open to him down the road. So if he makes it to merge, he, um, and who knows, like maybe, maybe this is all just kind of made up anyways, just because based off one episode, but I'm going to throw this last pick out to Sifu and, um, and add him onto the back of my team as the anchor bringing us home. Um, so I've got the final eight and Kel's got the next eight vote outs. Um, we're all ready to go. <laughs> I thought you were going to pick with that last speech that you, you were making. I thought you were going to go, uh, with Sean. I like, I like Sean. I, I, he's, like I said, he's athletic. He has great people skills. I just, maybe it's even just my, um, jam jam uh like um bias maybe but sifu feels like a player who could go to the very end so that's it yeah. we're done so we've left sean off if anyone wants to pick sean up he's available um we have our teams of eight tell us how what you think if if anybody's got the winning pick uh tell us who you think the winner might be and that about wraps it up for us for episode number one the premiere of season number 45 survivor has begun we have begun this is the survivor at home podcast and it's luke and, a and cal Ooh, i almost said alex Oof. okay see you see you everybody <laughs> all right bye <laughs>